Wake up, America, before it's too late. The Steve Day Show. And greetings. Happy Tuesday. Welcome to the Steve Day Show here live and on demand on Blaze TV radio and podcast. I am Steve Dace. He is Todd Erzin. He is Aaron McIntyre. Coming up on the show today, we're going to talk to Ali Stuckey's dad because he wrote a book. And I kind of think if you raised Ali Stuckey and wrote a book, you are qualified for us to find out what you have to think about some things. Fair? Agreed. Yeah. I mean, if that came out of your home, you might have something of value to offer to the, the, the larger world. Amen to that. All right. So we will we will talk uh, to, to uh, well, it's not Mr. Stuckey because Allie is married. The name of the book, want to make sure I get it right. Uh, Life Lessons from the Little Red Wagon, 15 Ways to Take Charge and Create a Path to Success, Ronald Simmons otherwise known as Ali's dad, will join us at the bottom of the hour. Next hour, um, I was on, we taped it yesterday, it's out today, our good buddy Josh Hammer, his podcast over at Newsweek. Um, He wanted to get kind of an update on where things stand in the Iowa caucuses. And we went through all of that and all the data and the history of Iowa and how it works and how a caucus is different from a primary and, you know, lots of historical nuggets and anecdotes, stuff that, you know, on our show, we've walked our audience for or walked our audience through before. I'm sure we'll do it at some point again as we get closer here. What are we about 126 days, I think, away All right, from the caucuses? But it's that would all be material that largely this audience would be familiar with. Towards the end of the conversation, and if I would urge you to get it, I, I think you'd really enjoy him and I having this conversation. But towards the end of the discussion, he asked me about, he had just spoken at a, um, a live action pro-life event um, with Lila Rose. And he wanted to get my take on current pro-life movement slash industry strategy, because he just seems, he seemed very perplexed by it. And he himself said, I, I'm not really even sure what our strategy should be post-Roe. I just, I just know that what we are using is, is losing. So, you know, what would you suggest? And that part of the conversation is something that I, I may have gotten into some things with Josh more in-depth than we have for our audience in the past. And so I want to make sure that this audience gets a chance to hear that conversation as well. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk you through what I said to Josh Hammer and why about where I think we need to go in a post-Roe world and why and let you guys just kind of react to it. We'll do that next hour. Okay. All right. And then my daughter, Anastasia, will be here. We're going to do something we've never done before. We have outsourced fake news or not to her. She texted me this morning. Do you want to know what we're going to talk about? Nope. We trust you. Which means we kind of trust you. We'll just see how you do this one time. (laughs) That's kind of what it means. She's never brought us any pain or suffering before. No, but we've never done this before. Okay. Um, Oh, you mean all the TikTok videos? Yes, that's exactly what I mean. That's hurtful. (laughs) <laughs> yes, indeed. Every time we watch, yes. Um, but uh, she'll be here at the end of the show for fake news or not. And 
we'll see what she has to come up with. Okay. All right, we'll do all of that. Uh, and, and we'll get started here in just a moment after we tell you about our friends over at Relief Factor. You know, everyone deals with chronic pain from time to time. That's the pain you have, probably from too much inflammation in the body. And especially as we get older, that's that lingering achiness, stiffness, soreness that uh, just won't go away. And you're looking for an, an anti-inflammatory, particularly one that's all natural. That is drug-free. Now, Relief Factor was created by physicians who can prescribe drugs, but they understand that, you know, if you pump the body too full of drugs, there are always trade-offs. And there may not be a drug-free remedy to some situations. There may not be. In that case, get the medicine you need. But in this case, we, we, we're confident there's 70% odds that there is. Why do I, where'd I come up with that number? Because historically, over the years, uh, whoever tries the three-week quick start, for just 20 bucks, the, the amount of results they see in three weeks or less has them sticking around long-term about 70% of the time. So no guarantees here. May not be what you're looking for, but it just might be. There's a good chance that it is, so why not find out? What do you have to lose for just 20 bucks at relieffactor.com? That's relieffactor.com. See if you don't see a difference in your pain level in three weeks or less at relieffactor.com or call 800-THE-NUMBER-4-RELIEF, 800-4-RELIEF. And now, here's Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by Another Day, Another Jab. The Food and Drug Administration on Monday announced updated and approved COVID jabs from Pfizer and Moderna, putting the shots on track to reach Americans within a few days. The shiny new spike protein delivery devices are approved for people 12 and older and are authorized under emergency use for children six months through 11 years old. That's according to an FDA press release. That same press release also promised once more that these new jabs are extra super duper safe and effective, of course. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy this morning announced a formal impeachment inquiry into Joe Biden and his family's shady business deals. Despite these serious allegations, it appears that the president's family has been offered special treatment by Biden's own administration. Treatment that not otherwise would have received if they were not related to the president. These are allegations of abuse of power, obstruction, and corruption. And they warrant further investigation by the House of Representatives. That's why today I am directing our House committee to open a formal impeachment inquiry into President Joe Biden. Moving on, on the anniversary of September 11th, the Biden administration gave the world's leading state sponsor of terrorism, Iran, $6 billion in exchange for some prisoners. Checking in on the country of Panama, where thousands upon thousands of military-aged young men are making the trek through the dangerous Darien Gap on their way to the United States. Alejandro Mayorkas, your thoughts? Within that broken immigration system, we are challenged by an unprecedented level of displacement in the Western Hemisphere of historic proportions. We have responded with a model approach that has proven to work, which is to build lawful pathways for right. individuals to arrive in a safe and orderly way. In completely unrelated news, a prisoner serving time for murdering his girlfriend by stabbing her over 30 times escaped from a Pennsylvania prison a couple of weeks ago. Danello Cavalcante murdered his girlfriend after she found out he'd murdered another person in his home country of Brazil, and she threatened to go to the authorities. Since his escape from prison, Cavalcante has engaged in theft, including the theft of a 22 caliber gun, which makes him armed, extremely dangerous, and of course, he's in the country illegally in the first place. 
Energy Secretary Jennifer Granholm decided to do a publicity stunt recently to promote electric vehicles. She took a convoy of vehicles, some of them gas-powered, on a four-day-long road trip. During a stop in Georgia, Granholm's advance team realized there wouldn't be enough spots at a charging station for Granholm to charge her electric car, so they blocked an open charging spot with a gas-powered vehicle until Granholm arrived, prompting one family to call the police on them. Checking in on Burbank, California, where Mayor Constantine Anthony got spanked by a drag queen in front of children at a campaign event. And finally, GOP presidential hopeful Tim Scott answers the toughest question he's ever been asked. And this headline, you might have caught your attention. GOP donors are privately pushing to Senator Tim Scott to give more details about his private life, your single status. So you must have heard this, and you got to be attuned without donations, without support. You can't run. What is your status? Well, obviously, uh, at this point, I'm taken. I have a wonderful girlfriend, and uh, we have a wonderful relationship. The good news is uh, God has blessed me with a smart Christian woman. That, that's great news. But more importantly is why are, are the headlines there? The headlines are there because as I rise in the polls, as people show up at my, my town halls, it scares even my opponents. And that's what happened while we were away. By the way, they say romance is dead. Uh, Tim Scott asked about his beard. I'm, I'm sorry. Um, asked about his girlfriend. Tim Scott was that kid growing up that his girlfriend went to another school. Remember that kid? There was always that kid. I do. Yeah. And he almost never had a girlfriend at the other school, did he? He did not. He did not. Almost never. Yeah. Almost never. Quote, I can't imagine dragging her under the campaign trail unless I have the intention of marrying her. Well, now she knows where she stands, provided she actually exists. Any of that is all more realistic than his opponents being scared of him. Yeah, he's, his, his poll numbers are not rising, as a matter of fact, no. <laughs> all right, uh, Aaron, still, it's completely miraculous. No more ambitious Southern mamas with their debutantes urging them to marry up in the grand old state of South Carolina. It's just... It's truly one of the most amazeball coincidences of modern times is arguably the, the fakest, reddest state in the country managed to elect not one, but two U.S. senators. And you only have two at a time, right? Not one, but two U.S. senators who well into advanced age could never find a wife. Huh. Then there's their Republican congresswoman who, who was late for the prayer meeting because she had to tell her live-in boyfriend she's not married to she doesn't have time to put out yet she's got to get to the church on time so it's a grand place south carolina (laughs) that's all real (laughs) aaron's montage i don't even it just speaks for itself it's gonna be like yesterday again isn't it? no it's not no At least I hope not. Aaron's Montage brought to you by our friends over at Patriot Mobile. For a decade now, they have been on the vanguard of building the parallel economy as America's only American mobile phone provider. They can give you access to all three of the major networks for free. Anytime you want to switch for free, they'll help you do that. And you can pay them instead of people who hate you. And then they won't take the money that you give them and use it against you, like all the major carriers will. They have an outstanding customer service team, U.S.-based. Steve, what does that mean? It means you can understand them when you call. 
Uh, but they also, if you're a veteran or first responder, they've got extra ways to say thank you for your service. When you go to make the switch, let them know so they can give you the thanks that you earned for your service to the country. For the rest of us, if you make the switch today, you get a free activation with the offer code Steve at patriotmobile.com slash Steve. That's patriotmobile.com slash Steve. Or you can call them at 878-PATRIOT, 878-PATRIOT, or patriotmobile.com slash Steve. Coming up in the overtime today, we're going to get to the response to the results of my latest Twitter poll. Asking people yesterday on the 22nd anniversary of 9-11, which of these statements do you think best reflects where you currently stand on that event and its aftermath. We'll look at those results and we'll react later today uh, at blazetv.com slash dace. That's where you can go to become a Blaze TV subscriber. It's just 10 bucks a month with a discount. blazetv.com slash dace is where you can go. And if you're already a subscriber, you'll go there later today. We'll record it right after today's show. It'll be uploaded for you later this afternoon at blazetv.com slash dace. All right, obviously the biggest news in Aaron's montage is the announcement, the official announcement of an impeachment inquiry from House Republicans and House Speaker Kevin McCarthy. This came down just here within the last hour before we went on the air. So <clears throat> I think if you're gonna if you're gonna survive in this era with your soul intact, you, you gotta be able to do two things. One, keep your head on a swivel. And two, you got to recognize multiple things and multiple things contained within multiple narratives can be simultaneously true. We are dealing in it where we are a fully we are fully immersed as a post-Christian country now. We have moved even beyond postmodernism into flat out moral relativism. My truth has completely overtaken the truth. Idolatry is all the rage these days. It, I mean, we have, we have much more in, t- in, in, in common with the time of the judges than we do the era of the American Revolution. Fair? Yes. And I, and I think it's important to reset this consistently for you and our audience so that we can get an accurate gauge on events and not get kind of swallowed into the emotion that people who lack a biblical worldview or someone to show it to them will probably have no way of stopping themselves from getting immersed and swallowed in too, right? We'll, we'll be governed by the truth of God's word or we'll be governed by our own passions. Those are your only two options. And, and every other religion outside of God's word would be an instrument of your passions. That's it. Christ or chaos, those are your only two options. There's, there's the Judeo-Christian viewpoint, the, world, the biblical worldview, and then there's everything else, right? <clears throat> and so, you know, the biblical worldview says things like be in the world and not of it. You know, simul- being able to do simultaneous things that maybe even seem paradoxical at the time, but are in a fallen world, they are true. Maybe not even true for the reasons they claim to be true, or maybe they are, but true nevertheless. This is an example of that. I want to begin with the, with the moral argument here. This is a, this is, because that's always the most important thing in my view. This is a moral imperative. Now, morally, I think they are not going after the the president with their strongest case for impeachment. Their, Their strongest case for impeachment 
is really twofold. Permitting an invasion against the people of the United States of America, which, Aaron, you highlighted in your montage, is still an ongoing event. <clears throat> and, and being more concerned about finding safe passageway for the invaders than defending the country from the invasion. If, if that is not an impeachable offense, then I, then I simply just don't know what, what, what is. If permitting the invasion of the country is not, a per, is not an impeachable offense, then, then I, I don't even know what the definition of the word is. Secondly, would be an invasion of the bodily autonomy of the American people. The edict that came from the White House September of 7th, September 7th of 2021 is the most wicked order that has come from an American White House since FDR ordered Japanese Americans rounded up in internment camps. Of course, I am talking about the mandate to impose a, an experimental genetic serum that is not successful, and, and that's not when it's trying to kill you and alter your immune system. And making that as a condition to work in many fields and comprehensively in every field, if it involved a business, what was it, 100 employees, I think, or more was the order. Is that right? <clears throat> and this was, this was with a substance that the White House's own medical people, Rochelle Walensky, a month before they issued the mandate, admitted doesn't actually inoculate against the spread of the virus. So they already knew this would not work. They already knew it didn't work. They already had admitted it did not work. And yet they imposed that mandate anyway. Now, if that's not an impeachable offense, I, I don't know what is. If, so if allowing a mass invasion of the American people and then siding more with mercy for the invaders than justice for the victims of the invasion, the American people, and then attempting to invade collectively the bodily autonomy of the American people coercively with the power of government for a mass poisoning event. If those are not impeachable offenses, then let's just go ahead and cancel the word and never use it ever again. Fair? Right. But no, we're not, of course, th this, folks, I'm sorry, this is a Wendy's. This is the Republican Party. So we're going to do the right thing here for all the entirely wrong reasons. It's just their way. So we're not going to do this for the, the we're not going to make the strongest case we have. Not even a little bit. Not even clear. a little bit. We're no. going to, and in fact, it's, it, it is on the corruption, but the way that Speaker McCarthy outlined it last week was over documents not being returned in discovery via subpoenas. Nothing, nothing along the lines of, well, the president's son and business partner was literally doing lines of cocaine off the gluteus maximuses of Russian hookers, filming it, cataloging his own blackmail material, and then he lost his laptop, which had indices of blackmail material that could be used against the president and his entire family uh, by our hostile enemies. That's also a fairly strong case, right? Yes. Probably not going to hear much of that, though, I would guess. Because he didn't lay it out. He just said, well, we'll begin our research. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, that research has already been done, son. Yes. All right. We already know all that research. So let's get busy living or get busy dying here. That all being said, this is morally the right and proper thing to do. So I am for it. And I think that we need to lead off with that before we get into the second thing that I also think is true. So I want to make sure I lay that marker down. This is the moral and right thing to do to impeach these people. 
pause, put a bookmark there. And now we get to the part where things that maybe even seem to be in conflict with one another in the deception era in which we live, era of psychoses, um, <laughs> mass propaganda, psyops that never end, okay? Um, it, this is politically irrelevant and a complete distraction. They're announcing this to get ahead of the fact that he's going to cave on the budget deal and not fight. The, this, will, this has no chance of succeeding in the Senate. None. And that's exactly why they're going to do it. Steve, why are they doing this and not a government shutdown? Well, um, because the impeachment has no chance of happening in the Senate. And so, therefore, it won't get in the way of regular order of business whatsoever. A budget fight would. That's why. A budget fight would actually accomplish what we want. An impeachment, and here's what they're going to do with the impeachment, by the way. Mark my words. It's not going to be the people back in January, Matt Gates, Chip Roy, uh, Andy Barr. It's not going to be those people that stood up to McCarthy that are going to be leading the impeachment fight. Oh, no, no. They're going to line the rhinos up, man. I mean, can you, the, the aforementioned Nancy Mace that I referenced indirectly a little while ago, you see the game she's figured out? She's figured out, I can go to pride parades in South Carolina. I can be pro-choice in South Carolina. All I've got to do is go on Fox News and, and scream witch hut nine times about Trump, and everybody forgets where I actually stand on the issues. She's figured the game out. It's going to be people like her. It's going to be people you can't trust. They're going to be put front and center in front of you to lead the impeachment fight for the purposes of branding them as your fighters. People forget it wasn't too long ago Chris Christie was a fighter. The Trey Gowdy, everybody, the, the albino, everybody mocks now for all had a no cattle, um, was the guy that uh, uh, made Hillary Clinton look bad once in a, in, a, in a House hearing, and his bones were forever made after that. They're going to line them up. They're going to line the rhinos up line them up and they're going to earn their bones and their street cred kvetching about Biden during this hearing and make it even harder to get rid of these people and primary them later on. Mark my words, that will happen. It'll be people loyal to McCarthy. They will be granted the spotlight to brand themselves to gullible people in a, throughout America, uh, gullible conservatives to be branded as these behold trademark your new conservative heroes. Elise Stefanik can vote for the ultimate rainbow jihad legislation. And she did. But as long as she screams, witch hunt! She's good to go. That will happen here. They will quiet as kept. Cave on all the budget stuff. You know, the power of the purse, the stuff that would actually stop the lawfare against Trump. The stuff that last week DeSantis, who's the founder of the House Freedom Caucus, the co-founder, I should say, told Republicans they should do and Trump is not actually telling them they should do. It's weird. DeSantis needs to sound more like Vivek, who's going nowhere, absolutely nowhere in this race. DeSantis actually urges Congress 
Instead of just following Trump around with a truth hat, DeSantis actually urges Congress to do something that would actually alleviate the pressure on Trump. Which is more than what Trump has urged the Congress to do. It's really the perfect solution for this era. No substance at all. All drama, all television-driven performances, all media-driven performances. The amount of content that will be served up to the shows in our industry for the next few months on this will be absolutely endless. More excuses for many of my colleagues to not begin to cover the differences and issues and records between the primary candidates because this, is, this impeachment is just so important, even though we all know in advance it will go nowhere. So it is the morally right thing to do, the timing of which, the method of which it will be done, the timing of which it is happening, the reasons for which they're going to claim they're doing it, all a scam, meaningless, and will go nowhere. And that's exactly why they're going to do it. All meant to distract you from the fact they're going to do and plan to do nothing substantive whatsoever to take on the weaponization of the government against people like us and the former president. And they never were. So on with the show. It's a jolly good show. You're going to love the shows. You've never seen shows like this before. There's going to be so many shows, you're going to be sick of the shows. Gentlemen, your thoughts. Maybe we should have talked about the black vote. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And you didn't even mention that this also makes the odds, I don't know how much more likely, but more likely that we get Trump versus not somebody named Biden. Correct. And how does that work out? Yep. Correct. Yeah, this this is my thing with impeachment. Yeah, morally, it's the right thing to do. But we're not doing it for the right moral reasons. So if we're left with that, then don't impeachment. Uh, don't impeach him. Just do everything you can to protect Biden. Actually, get him across, drag him across the finish line, so he can run again in 2024, and maybe you have a shot in in hell to actually beat him. Well, last week we attempted to label, and maybe even accurately, Barack Obama a closeted homosexual who enjoys uh, crack um, and white meat which would only just elevate sympathies for Michelle Obama, actually, okay, as the jilted wife, as if she needs to be any more popular, let's come up with something that would make her even more so. So that was last week. This week it's, let's give the Democrats an out to dump Joe Biden so they can put Big Mike in there. (laughs) Yep. Here's why we're so bad at this. And I've said this for years. We are aligned with people who don't agree with us. They don't share our principles. So they don't look for the win. They look to patronize. That's the win. Can I come up with a way that'll coddle you for a bit? Will satisfy you with it for a bit? So you simmer down for a bit and I go about doing what I, was, what I originally came here to do anyway. That is all this is. And we're back to what we talked about on our show last week. We are living in an era where we cannot afford to let Democrats win the election because of how radicalized they are 
and purposeful they are in ending whatever is left of our way of life. And we cannot afford to let Republicans win because this is the kind of response we get in in response to what the Democrats have become. This is a this is a true Kobayashi Maru. I, I, I don't I, I don't I don't see a way out of this. I think the only way out of this is to is to is to find someone serious about governing who might be able to bend a, a people to their will on a few issues. And that's why I'm a DeSantis guy. But there's no guarantee that that's a way out of this. There's no guarantee. Or someone that is serious about the stuff that Trump just talked about and then turned around and put Reince Priebus and Elaine Chao and Rex Tillerson and all these people in his administration, Omarosa, Anthony Scaramucci, just put all these swamp creatures and has-beens that never were wannabe groupies in his administration to sink him. I mean, someone that would actually do the stuff that Trump gets credit for just merely talking about. I don't know that that would work. I, I don't know. I do know what we're doing does not work, but we're gonna continue to do it anyway. <laughs> so on with the show. That's what we're going to get. We're going to get a show. And that seems to be all that we ever ask for. What would show. you advise Trump to do in reaction to this? I would advise Trump to, like four weeks ago, demand that they defund DOJ and put that in front of the American people. Because if they don't, there's no way I'm dodging 91 felony counts and I'm probably going to prison. That's what I would do. That's exactly what he has not done. So, I mean, it appears the current game plan is just to let all this play itself out and put the future of the country in the hands of Brett Kavanaugh, Amy Coney Barrett, and John Roberts. And you have to get two of those three to side with you. That appears to be the game plan. Or it's just the way that because of the game plan we have, that's how this will all turn out. Back here on the Steve Day Show. If you are unhappy with your current glasses, particularly if you need progressive lenses like I do, that means you're a little far, you're a little near. Um, and maybe you're like, man, why do these always require the dorky frames? Now you don't have to do that anymore with our friends at Better Spectacles. They're a conservative American company. They're offering Rodenstock eyewear. That's a 144-year-old German company, the world's gold standard, available exclusively and extensively for the first time here in the U.S. And so now you get some of the best road scientists and their biometric research to get the best lenses. But now you get the really cool frames, for example. I'm wearing Rodenstock frames right now from our friends over at Better Spectacles. All right. So if you want to make the switch, schedule a teleoptical appointment today. You won't have to even leave your home. Don't settle with your eyesight. Go big with biometrical intelligence glasses from Better Spectacles. And they're offering an introductory 61% off their progressive eyewear plus free handcrafted Rodenstock frames. That's right. You'll get the frames for free to get you started. When you go to betterspectacles.com slash Steve. Again, betterspectacles.com slash Steve. Once again, betterspectacles.com slash Steve. Name of the book. Life Lessons from the Little Red Wagon, 15 Ways to Take Charge and Create a Path to Success 
by the Honorable Ronald, Ronald Simmons is the author of the book, but uh, most of you probably know him as Ali Stuckey's dad. And as we said earlier in the show, if you raised that out of your home, then respect, and you might have something meaningful uh, to say to the larger world. So, Ron, it's a pleasure to have you with us here on The Blaze, brother. How are you? Hey, thank you, Steve. Well, you know, doing really well and super excited. Allie just had her baby, uh, her third child. Here Congratulations. Ago, yeah. So. Uh, that's exciting. Mom and baby are doing well. So uh, glad to be with you, Steve. Appreciate what you do as well. Thank you. Very kind. I'm wondering if you could do me a personal solid before we get into the book, Ron, if you wouldn't mind. Do, do my best. I, I, can you relate to our audience one time that that Allie as a child did something just really, really bad and you had to punish her thoroughly? Because oh. no, no one, no one, because no one can be that sweet that smart she had to have done something wrong at some point in time that you had to punish punish her for and i i think i just speak for the entire blaze audience it would just make us feel better to know she made a mistake once well yep they uh she was uh, i you know she probably wasn't more than seven or eight years old and we were in the car she was in the back seat and we were heading somewhere. I didn't even remember where it was, but she didn't want to go. She didn't want to be there. You know, she wanted to do something with her friends. She's pretty social. And uh, so she was just arguing with me um, what I felt was disrespectfully. But, you know, Allie, as we would know today, because uh, uh, of uh, what she's able to do, she, she's always been very, very good with words. And actually, uh, she turned the argument into something that if it would have been an adult, I probably would have agreed with her. <laughs> but I told her right then, I said, Allie, I said, you're going to be a really good adult if you live that long. And if you keep talking to me like that, that is in question. There you go. But notice <laughs> we, had so, to go, we, had, we had to go back to when she was seven years old, guys. She just had her yeah. third kid. All right. I asked her dad, did she do something wrong once? He's like racking his brain. The clock's ticking. We're live on the air. Well, there was that one time when she was seven. <laughs> All right. Anyway, um, you uh, have you uh, have lived an interesting life yourself. You've been a CEO. Um, you have served in the legislature. Um, and, and so you could do a book on lessons you learned just in those endeavors. Why something around something as simple as a little red wagon? Well, I, I think, it, well, first of all, Steve, if you understand me a little bit, I was born in Louisiana and raised in Arkansas. So there are some disadvantages to that in itself, of course. Got a lot of friends in Arkansas and Louisiana. Got to Texas as fast as I could spell it, which was about age 25. And so I felt like there were a lot of people that don't need these high-level platitudes but need to understand things from a simple person's point of view and in a simple metaphoric way. And I don't know what percentage it is, but a very high percentage of people in the United States, even today, uh, had a little red wagon when they were younger. My grandkids, Allie's kids, have a little red wagon. Uh, and so I, the parts of the wagon, it's such a simple device, but the parts of the wagon really stand as metaphors for different 
times and different places we are in life. The handle, for example, leads the wagon, and whoever's holding the handle determines where the wagon goes. The front wheels uh, are what follows the handle, but they can also turn, so they have an impact on direction. The back wheels, however, are all they do is go, do what the front wheels say. They do nothing else, okay? They don't have any decision other than to roll or not, and they really don't even have that decision. And of course, uh, the actual red wagon part itself, uh, where things are carried, is probably the most important because sometimes we're the cargo in the wagon, sometimes it's our kids, sometimes it's us, sometimes it's our business, sometimes it's our faith. You know, the, the story about uh, the footprints in the sand where there are two sets and all of a sudden there's one set and, uh, and it's Jesus telling us that sometimes uh, I had to carry you. And that's really kind of what the wagon's about as well. If you could relate your wagon metaphor to where you think this country is on a broad scale, how would you answer that? I would say the country is going down the hill without anybody on the handle. And... Uh, I had that experience. In fact, my first experience with my red wagon was I was going to go down the hill by our house uh, back in Arkansas. And at a six-year-old, I thought it was the highest hill in the world. I I didn't know that the wagon wouldn't just roll straight. So I just got in there and went without holding the handle or anything and uh, ended up uh, in the emergency room. Now, I didn't hurt myself that bad, but I did have a couple stitches in my chin. So I think that's where we are as a country. We're, we are so divided on our extremes, Steve, that the, the middle portion is rudderless. And when I say middle portion, I mean uh, the portion that's probably 60% of the country. The 20% on each extreme are uh, what's driving the agenda and a lot of the policy, not, especially on the left, the policies that are being implemented. And the people that it, it, the people that are in the 60%, let's say, are people that, if given the chance, could probably come to agreement on a lot of things. However, uh, most of them are afraid to stand up and say anything. And this was true up until 2016. Uh, and I've heard you on your shows before talk about this, is that a lot of that middle stood up in 2016 because they were hearing something from a guy who was probably not a, even a politician. You know, it's hard to say what Donald Trump really is uh, in just a general sort of way. But either he or somebody on his team figured out that the message that was going to touch middle America was was the, you know, more of a populist type message. And, uh, you know, to give him his credit, he, uh, you know, he, he, he went he went into that. And I remember that summer um, I was still in the legislature, but we go to North Carolina in the summer to get out of the heat some. And I was talking to a bunch of the guys that I played golf with who were all either my age or a little bit older. And they were not very political, but they were really engaged. And these weren't people that were uh, blue collar. These were all successful business owners or retired business owners. And every single one of them were Donald Trump. 
and um, that was just something where I think our you know our country split even further, and uh, uh, I don't think we've I don't think we've regained that as much as I like Donald Trump's policies. Uh, I do believe that uh, his personality, um, as Biden's and Hillary's have done, and and Obama too, have further divided a nation that should not divide. As a quick aside, when you were back there playing golf with those guys this summer, what did you hear from them? Uh, a lot more skepticism. Okay. Uh, again, it's, it's kind of what I think you and I might say is that, man, we really, really loved the things that he and his team did, but we don't think he can be elected in the general election. Now, that's not everybody. There is a, again, it's just probably kind of like the country. There's probably 30 or 40% of them that are, you know, on the Trump team no matter what mm-hmm. uh, and don't see past the fact that you could have someone that implements similar policies uh, but not be so uh, polarizing. There's one chapter in your book I want to make sure in the time we have, Ron, we discuss. It's the chapter titled The Fear of Failure. And one of the things that that I that I think we have seen in this era is and and this is when I use terms like demonic and that's not my natural theological um, uh, heritage just to come out and casually throw terms like that around mm-hmm. but in previous eras a parent might have been afraid that they would have come home and and caught their teenager having sex with their boyfriend or girlfriend in this era you're like What's it going to take to get my son to even ask a girl out? In previous eras, you know, G- Gordon Gecko stood up and said, greed is good. Just materialism for the sake of materialism. That's not biblical. Not true. The love of money is the root of all evil. Now we live in an era where I don't want to take any risk. I don't, I don't want to risk that I might be successful. I don't want to do anything at all uh, because I might fail. I don't know if I can re- come back from that. And besides, there's plenty of incentives for me just to uh, exist in mediocrity uh, provided by the government. Uh, that I think we have transcended from normal sinful behavior, which is to exploit the desires and talents and gifts and opportunities that God puts in us and grants us and exploit them beyond what he says is right to now just rejecting those things altogether to the point that I can, as your daughter points out very passionately, just declare men have a uterus in, in the public square and have to be believed because of the emotion I attach to that issue. So I want you to take a few minutes and, and speak directly to the fear of failure, because I think that is absolutely one of the components of the spirit of the age in which we live. Yeah, I think it's I think it, it, I think fear has always been there for sure, but I think it's been uh, exploited in the social media age. And what I mean by that is one of the reasons that I see people being afraid to fail is because they believe and there may be some truth to this is that every failure is now in the public domain and now it's cast to potentially millions or not billions around the world. And so I think uh, they know they can't really live their Instagram life or their Facebook life. And so taking a chance on doing something that puts that at risk is something they're not willing to do. I think people get so much 
pleasure or satisfaction from this false life that they live on social media mm -hmm. that they don't feel the need to take the real risk. And one of the things I try to tell people in my book is that, yes, fear is normal. There's no question about it. Okay. That's part of who we are. It's part of the way our system is, is built, you know, a fight or flight type scenario. But what we have, what we know to be truthful is the only way to, you know, get past that uncomfortable step is to take it. And that even though that uh, there are things that can go wrong, most of the things, of course, Steve, that people are afraid of either never happen or just simply not that traumatic as we, you know, as we think they will be. And so uh, I believe that a lot of it is what, again, uh, is what happens on social media. And the other part of it is, is that we've become such a celebrity-based culture mm -hmm. that anything a celebrity, whether that's a political celebrity, okay, and I'm throwing them all in the same hat, a sports celebrity or, or a Hollywood celebrity tells us, we believe that to be true, and we live in a world of idolatry. We idolize those people, mm -hmm. and so therefore, again, we get our self-worth through what they're saying or doing as opposed to saying, okay, Ron, you, you, as I said in my book, I wanted to get out of financial mediocrity, all right? And I think there's a lot of that that's lost today. There's not that many people that just, that just say, okay, look, I'm going to take the steps uh, that it takes to be successful. And the reason I wrote my book was that, that I do believe there are a lot of Ron Simmons out there, just regular people whose mom and dad were school teachers and divorced and, you know, yada, yada, yada. I squeezed four years of college into 10 uh, that maybe with a little bit of prompting and guidance that they're willing to be the next generation. You know, the Ali Beths of the world, uh, it's they're pretty unusual. And um, what what she's trying to do and what I'm trying to do, and I know what you're trying to do, is to is to get people thinking inside for themselves mm -hmm. and to realize that, yes, they're stumbling blocks. One of the things that, you know, Allie opened her book with uh, was really some very transparent things, right, that even I didn't know all about. Uh, her mother did, but I didn't know all the details. And then I opened my book on failure. A, one of the most disappointing things I've ever experienced in my life. But I did that because, number one, I wanted to be transparent. And number two, I wanted people to understand that on the other side of almost every failure is a blessing. Amen. That is very well said. Life lessons from the Little Red Wagon, 15 ways to take charge and create a path to success. Ronald E. Simmons, otherwise known as Allie Beth Stuckey's dad. That's right. And I'm sure he's okay to be otherwise known as such. It's good to meet you, Ron. Absolutely. Thank you for joining us, and congratulations on, on the book. And uh, a, a fantastic daughter. She's a pleasure Thank to get to know. Thank you very much. Appreciate it, Steve. Have a good day. You bet. Thank you. Quick thought on that conversation, Todd? Well, it's as important as anything he said. And it sounds like he's, like, tooting Allie's horn, but he's actually talking about you when he said Allie's kind of a one-of-a-kind. Steve is kind of a one-of-a-kind. The importance of what they do, if it's just standalone and us listening to them and not acting, is lost. 
His point is, you're more important. They're trying to get you to understand that. And as soon as you do, the entire playing field changes. Amen. The playing field has changed for pro-lifers, and we need to recognize and respond accordingly. I want to talk about that when we return. Here with Hour 2, live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. Steve Dace here with Aaron McIntyre, Todd Erzin, and all of you. And you can let us know what you think about what we think via the SteveDace.com inbox by emailing the show, Steve at SteveDace.com. D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook, MeWe and Gab. Follow me at Steve Dace Show on Twitter, Getter, Instagram, and TikTok. You can also find me over on Truth Social at Real Steve Dace there. And again, don't forget, it's D-E-A-C-E if you need to know how to spell it. Thanks to all of you that have left us five-star reviews on your podcast platform of choice. Please do the same if you have yet to do so. We appreciate each and every one of them. Also would appreciate it if you would hit subscribe or follow if you're on iTunes. And thank you to all of you that have done that already. Why do you want to do that? Well, the five-star reviews are for us. But hitting subscribe or follow is for you. It's a great way to make sure that every time we do a new episode, it shows up automatically in your podcast feed so you don't miss it. This part of the show brought to you by My Patriot Supply. Did you see Joe Biden assert yesterday that he visited 9-11 the day after? And according to the Senate record, he was actually in Alaska. Did you guys see this? I did not. And I didn't really need to know it either. Um, I'm, did you guys see the other day where he was doing a, a press avail and they came up and cut him off? Mid-sentence. Did you guys see this? No. That, that happened too. Why do I bring these things up? Folks, we, have, we literally have no idea who's running the country. I mean, we, we don't. We have no idea who's really running this thing. It is clearly not the crypt keeper caretaker that they put on camera. And he even admits it. They told me I couldn't talk, talk about that. They told me not to answer any questions. They told me not to, 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 to call on you. Who's the they? <laughs> Do we know? By the way, just as a complete aside, I don't know if you guys have noticed or not, but very often in scripture, demons refer to themselves as they and them. Just have no idea why that came to mind, but fun fact. Anyway, um, fun just, with pronouns by indeed, Steve. Indeed, you know, just every now and then just get to interject fun with pronouns that uh, random events that just have no connection whatsoever, just because for reasons. And those might be a few reasons why you might want to go to preparewithdace.com. All right. I mean, <laughs> gas is over $4 a gallon in Iowa. Do you know how bad it has to get everywhere else for gas to get that high in Iowa? When I was out in L.A. filming the upcoming nefarious small group Bible study curriculum we're about to announce, I saw gas for $6 a gallon out there. Make sure you're ready for the next time. Oh, that could never happen here. Happens here. Get the three-month emergency food kit that includes breakfast, lunch, dinner, even drinks and snacks. 
the full complement of the 2,000 plus calories that you need every day, 16 different meals and side combinations, so you can mix and match for variety as well, stays good for up to 25 years with proper shelf life and free shipping. You can't beat it when you go to preparewithdace.com. Get 25% as a discount today, 25% discount at preparewithdace.com and free shipping, preparewithdace.com. So today there is a podcast out with uh, our good friend Josh Hammer over at Newsweek, who's been promoted. We were stunned that he lasted like a month there as the head of the op-ed page. We told him that. Like, how do you still, how did, how did, you, how did they manage to keep you employed? Now they promoted him to editor at large. So he's not just overseeing just the op-ed page, but he's editor of Newsweek at the moment. Um. And he has a podcast out and he had me come on yesterday and for much of it, he wanted to talk about Iowa and the caucuses and the, how the process works and historical relevance and or lack thereof. And a lot of stuff that if you are a longtime listener to this show or you listen to the show, even regularly, even just in the last few months, you've heard us talk about in reference in the past. And I'm, I am sure we will reset it again at some point in the future you know, between now and I think it's what, 126 days uh, until Iowa, I want to say. By the way, we're only 103 days until Christmas, guys. 103 days till Christmas. Todd, your thoughts? It's September. <laughs> I love jerking your joyless chain. I do. I like it. Okay. Anyway, <clears throat> towards the end of the conversation, Josh wanted to kind of go off the grid. And he had mentioned to me that he had just spoken at a live action pro-life event. That's Lila Rose's outstanding group. They do so much great work. And he had just spoken at her event. And he was kind of unsure what pro-life... You have to understand Josh's background, Duke Law. Not everybody gets into Duke Law. Uh, Served as a clerk on the U.S. Court of Appeals for Judge James Ho, who might be the most conservative judge in America right now, not named Clarence Thomas. And he's a strong advocate, by the way, of what, well, I've called it and others have called it in the past, the personhood strategy, which is that under the fifth and the 14th amendment, you could classify an unborn child as a person. And both the fifth and 14th amendments have language that says explicitly, no person shall be denied life, liberty, or due pro or, or property without due process of law. And this strategy goes back to the Roe v. Wade hearing in 1972, when the attorney from NARAL is asked by Justice, I think it's Harry Blackman, uh, the former great Colorado University Buffalo football player. And he asks her, well, what happens if a state, uh, or no, Wizard, Byron Wizard White it was, it was the Colorado football player, I'm sorry. Uh, he asked her, what happens if, if it's Judge White asks, what happens if a state declares that a fetus is a person under the 5th and 14th Amendments. And the attorney from NARAL, if you go back, you can find the audio of this online to this day. Uh, She kind of giggles nervously and says, well, if a state were to determine that, that would make my case much tougher to prove, right? We can't be openly telling you we're killing persons. We have to to subconsciously tell you this, (laughs) basically, is what she admitted to. And so so Hammer, like me, is is a staunch advocate of this. But he's not really sure what the strategy should be in a post-Roe world. And so he thought, let me ask you. 
This is the part of the conversation that I I don't know I've gone into as much detail with uh, on this program as I did with Josh yesterday. And so I wanted to make sure that our own audience was up to speed with what I shared with Josh. So I want to I want to impart much of what I said to Josh on this issue yesterday. And then I want to get to you, Aaron and Todd's reactions, um, kind of my own little feedback and focus group on behalf of the audience. All right. Number one, I want to say this. You have to fight your enemy where they are attacking you. Not where you want them to be attacking you. If, if I want my enemy to attack me, where I am the most weaponized and fortified, but my enemy attacks me where I am, where I'm the weakest in terms of being fortified and weaponized, should I continue attack counterattacking where my enemy is not attacking me? No. In fact, that would kind of be considered dumb. Like, what am I shooting at? What am I aiming at? It that d- this is not where the enemy is. It doesn't mean you abandon it altogether. You don't make that mistake either. But you no. just don't ignore what's happening yeah, on your flank. Right. Right. I have to. F- I have to fight my enemy where they are fighting me. Now, well, let me stop right there. I don't have to. I mean. I could play offense and attack my enemy first. That's adorable. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Just. I you, tried. You so-and-so. I almost I almost got it out with a straight face. Give me some credit. I mean, I, that, you guys were at least a second were like, what show is this? What world, what earth are we on? I'm sorry. This is the American right. I'm just. Sir, this is a Wendy's. Yeah. By the way, pumpkin spice frosties are coming. So, hey, there's that. Anyway, yeah. yeah we, we, uh, so when I say you have to attack your enemy where he is attacking you, I'm saying that in the context of we're on a side that never goes on offense and never attacks first and uh, is, it does not understand the, the principle of solving one's problems with aggression, but the opposite. So because that is the side we're on, I, let me. Cl- I, I should clarify that. It's kind of like the whole Andrew Breitbart thing. Is, is 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 culture downstream from politics, or politics downstream from culture? On the right, politics is downstream from culture. On the left, it's the opposite. On the left, they'll just act. They don't care what the culture thinks, where the culture is at. They will just act. They will impose their will, and then politics will just respond accordingly. On the right, because we're represented largely by feckless fools, and that's the ones that aren't grifters, um, it has to, we have to do all the heavy lifting so that there's literally nothing else to do but for the Republican Party to come in and say, all right, we're here, for this, we're here to sign the surrender papers because you guys fought the war for us. I mean, on the right, politics has to flow downstream from culture because for every Ron DeSantis or Kim Reynolds you may have willing to actually wield power affirmatively for you, there are 50 others who uh, wouldn't wield the power affirmatively for you under any conditions and are more likely to wield it against you. True? Facts. So let me restate what I just said a minute ago. Because we're on the right, um, we have to attack our enemy where they are attacking us. Because we don't live and we're not aligned with people that might have taken something like a victory like Roe versus Wade and said, tomorrow, today we celebrate, tomorrow, mushroom clouds. Nope, that's not the side we're on, right? That's not the side we're on. The side we're on says, today we celebrate, tomorrow, we just, we wait to see what hell does. Maybe we'll get lucky 
and they won't respond at all. Maybe Hill will say, wow, congrats on the big win. I think we're done here. And then we can go back to just fundraising. Is that it? Whatever. Is that what hell ever does? Does not. Never does that. Hell never does that, by the way. Never does. Hell never's like, oh man. Props. Tip of the cap. Top of the morning to you guys. Well done. (sighs) Could have fooled us. Thought we had you that time. We're ejecting. Hell never does that. Never does that. We just act like it does. So because of the side we're on, that should be the caveat, we have to attack our enemy where they are attacking us. The highest levels of pro-life leadership were simply not prepared for a post-Roe world. Despite telling people like Josh Hammer and I for decades that we couldn't do things like define an unborn child as a person until we overturned Roe, we spent almost 30 years before coming up with legislation that would actually call the overturning of Roe into question. Instead, we did, we did bills like, I'll never forget this, one very well-known pro-life leader, I won't mention him by name, One very well-known pro-life leader went out, I think it was to Montana or Idaho, one of those two states, to lobby the legislature for a bill that would allow babies to be anesthetized before they were aborted. Like, let me put this in a different context, okay? You're a pastor in 1930s era Germany. And yes, you could do the full Corey Ten Boom. You could like hide Jews in your hiding place. You could risk yourself... Or you could do this. I am here before the Nazi judge, and I, I just want to ask, humanely, is there, is, uh, could we give the Jews a local before we apply the Zyklon? I mean, I'm, I'm here to be... And then you go before the Nuremberg Council and say, guys, I was the one here for the... I mean, I was trying to provide the most humane form of, extinction, of an extinction-level event. The most humane Holocaust. People actually did make these arguments, by the way, at Nuremberg. There were Germans that tried to say things like this. In fact, there was a famous judge. They portrayed him in the movie Judgment at Nuremberg. Burt Lancaster plays him in the movie. Who did try to, who did save some Jewish people on legal technicalities. But then once he ran out of technicalities, if he had no more loopholes to expose, he would sentence Jews to concentration camps. And he went to Nuremberg and actually feigned that he was the hero. Like he was the Oscar Schindler here, playing on the line. Okay? He's like, yes, I did kill some Jews. I sent some Jews to their death, but a lot more would have died. And they looked at him and said, we're going to hang you at three. And they did. They hung him. That's how it ended for him. They hung him by his neck until he croaked and died. Why? Because there's a higher law. And the higher law says, thou shalt not what? Kill. Yeah, thou shalt not murder. Unless there's a lot of public pressure. Is that what it says? No. Unless there's Supreme Court, no, Supreme Court precedent, then it's okay. No, it's not okay to murder, ever. So, for 30 years, the entire strategy was we had to overturn Roe. It took nearly 30 years to come up with legislation that would actually do that, with heartbeat bills in states like Georgia, Iowa, Mississippi, Texas, and other places. Alabama was another one, I think. Finally, this critical mass of states had put into legislation 
a principle of defining what life is. What is life? And wouldn't you know, lo and behold, decades of, is it okay to kill when this happens? Is it okay to kill when that happens? Is the late, maybe he's not late. He might even still be alive. I don't know. Remember B1, Bob Dornan? Oh, yes. The man with the legendary 60-minute speeches on C-SPAN from the House floor. He wasn't quite James Trafficant and beam me up, Mr. Speaker. Those were legendary. I mean, but Bob, B1 Bob would let it rip on those speeches, man. And he used to always say, if it ends with, whenever it ends with, and then you can kill the baby, it's not a pro-life bill. Well, according to B1 Bob, we did about a quarter century of pro-life bills that weren't pro-life because they all ended with the sentence, and then you can kill the baby. Lo and behold, when we went with a bill that said, because this is a life, you can't kill it. Amazingly, we called Roe into question, guys, by questioning what is life, not when can we kill. Whose question is when can we kill? Whose premise of question is that? Satan. And therefore the other side. <laughs> you skipped my next question. Right? But they're, they're both the right, they're, they're, they're both right the answers. The Venn diagram Just, is a circle. Yes, they are. And they overlap. It's like, you know, it's symbiotic. Maybe even, you know, like one possesses the other, you could say. Uh, and so um, we argued with them when you could kill. That's their argument. Suddenly we decide to start arguing when when is life. Therefore, it can't be killed. And would you know, in just a handful of years, we win that argument and Roe is overturned. Amazing. Now, you could ask me questions like, Steve, why did we spend more than a quarter century between Casey, Pennsylvania, and these heartbeat bills, not putting forth legislation defining life. Don't ask me those questions. All the answers are bad. There are no good answers. They're all very frustrating answers, but they're also very lucrative ones. Anywho, the new strategy of now that we've overturned Roe, we have no strategy. The dog has caught the car. What do we do with it? And lo and behold, look who has a post-Roe strategy. The baby killers do. What is their post-Roe strategy? Well, the pro-life movement, to use a World War II analogy, the pro-life movement is like the French in the winter of 1940, entrenched behind their Maginot line patiently waiting for the Nazis to attack, to walk right in to a hail of fire. And the Nazis, of course, did this, thus ending this regional conflict before it blew up and became World War II. And that's not what happened. That's not what happened, is it, Todd? That's not how it went. Is that how it went? I'm broken by this conversation. The, the Nazis are like, screw that noise. We're not walking into a hail of fire. Why don't we just, we got these new piece of technology called tanks and planes. U-boats. Yeah, why don't we just go around them? So they did. They just went around the Maginot Line, attacked the countries behind France that were weaker, not as militarized, not as weaponized. And then they just attacked, once they had those countries in tow, they used them as bases to attack the French from behind And by the spring of 1940, certainly by the summer, Hitler is dancing the jig through the Champs-Élysées of Paris. That's what's happening right now. 
we have this Maginot line of we've got this we've got to get this federal legislation a 15 week abortion ban. No, hey, I, I am morally all for it. Here's I'm going to tell you though why it's never happening. At least not yet. Because that's not where we're being attacked. They're not coming right at us. They went around us and they're hitting us state by state. Two states in particular, Michigan last year, Ohio this year. They are border states, but their political trajectories are completely different. Gretchen Whitmer has basically done to the Republican Party in Michigan what Ron DeSantis did to the Democratic Party in Florida. It's an, it, an extinction-level event. It's just a letterhead. It, it largely is a non-existent entity. That's the Republican Party in Michigan. Now, Ohio is different. The Republican Party has never been more ascendant in Ohio than it is right now. Trump won Ohio, what was it, eight or nine in 2020? The fecklessness of its governor notwithstanding. Yes. But what's the one good piece of legislation he signed? His own heartbeat bill. So here we have two states in middle America on completely different political trajectories. And yet last summer, I get a call from one of the mucky mucks at Michigan Right to Life asking for help to raise money because they've been completely been abandoned by the national organization. And the same legislation that they're going for in Ohio this fall, that you can trans and you can trans and torture and mutilate the kids and kill them anytime you want. They now have they now have enshrined in the Constitution in Michigan and they're going to try to do it in Ohio. And they won they won the, the, the undercard bout a couple months ago when they tried to raise the threshold to, to, to alter the Ohio constitution. So here's the thing you have to understand. Most Republicans are not pro-life. They, they claim to be because it's a demand. They have to be. You can't get elected dog catcher in the GOP without being pro-life to some degree. And and so since most of the pro-lifers you've sent to Congress are squishes, when you go to them and say, we need you to risk your career, your pension, your retirement, your benefits plan that you get, the cushy life you have as a member of Congress, we need you to risk that for this 15-week abortion ban. That congressman or woman, unless they're a true believer, and most of them aren't, they're going to look at you and say, come back to me when you show me you can defend Ohio. Because if you can't defend Ohio, a state Trump won twice and the second time by nearly 10 points, then I don't believe you can defend me. Right now, the pro-life movement politically has no credibility. It needs wins. You are not going to get people to sign up for a 15-week blanket national abortion ban and have them just run into the buzzsaw of the highest turnout of single women ever, like we saw in 2022. You're never going to get them to do that. Now, I would do it. I, I think they should do it. It's the moral thing to do. But are we living in a moral era? No. No. So, you know, most of them are pro-life transactionally. They have to be to get your vote. And right now, the, the, the pro-life leadership lacks leverage. They don't have credibility. They must win this vote in Ohio this fall. They have to. If you can't hold this in Ohio, which is technically still a swing state, but it's really not now 
Okay, if you can't defend Ohio, you are never going to get the squishes to to go over the go over the top of states doing this individually and try to nationalize the issue again. It's never going to happen. They need to win. So if I could get them all in a room, national right to life, Susan B. Anthony. Now, they they all won't get in a room with me. But if I could, here's what I would tell them. Whatever it takes, hook or by crook, whatever dollar amount it takes, whatever it takes, you have to win that ballot initiative in Ohio this fall. You have to. If you can't defend Ohio, you are never going to convince a bunch of squish Republicans in D.C. to take on the spirit of the age. Never going to happen. You need a W. And you're not prepared. You're trying to pass legislation in Washington that has no chance in passing. Meanwhile, your enemy is attacking you state by state and taking ground. And if you can't even defend your own states. You want to say Michigan's a lost cause of the spirit of the age as someone who loves the state and grew up there? I can't necessarily argue with you in its current iteration. But if you can't defend Ohio, you are never getting these squish Republicans to carry water for you on your issue on a national level. You must win in Ohio this fall. You must win that ballot initiative. No ifs, ands, or buts. No excuses. Whatever it takes. Like the Avengers, man. Look at each other. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Have to win. You need credibility. Right now, you don't have any. Gentlemen, your thoughts. What's the over under on the energy for that happening when as you've made clear all along by the sticker that's on the other side of your computer over there that the reason we finally broke through it all is because this guy named donald trump and ruth bader ginsburg's hubris and staying on too long you know what we don't even know why we want and the, and the argument is also going to be made that the biggest reasons politically that it lost the executive is because of single women, right? And so they're going to say this is, you're going to get A it. group known to vote Republican, of course. Well, never. But that, yeah. I, I know, but, but, but you, now but we're having the, the conversation you've yeah. been having for 20 years about Republicans in general. Yes. Yeah, you made it yesterday about the, how they think, the excuses they make, how they triangulate. Yes. And why they never win. And you won't get around them without the credibility of your own trophy. You have to have your own wins to counteract those kinds of talking points. Yes. So, Mike, we're, we're not going to come close to mustering the energy you're talking about. Why would we? But, let me pull. Why would they? Because I'm not going to be associated with that garbage. Why would they? I don't know. But if they don't... They're going nowhere politically. They have to get a win. They don't have any wins. They have no capital, no juice right now. And so that's why the strategy they're pursuing, Aaron, I don't believe has a chance of working until they get some wins. And they have to win in Ohio. Ultimately, ultimately, these pro-life mega organizations, big baby, if you will, they have to find a way to justify their own existence. 
continuing into perpetuity. In a perfect world, which we don't live anywhere close to, in a perfect world, in a just world, in somewhat of a virtuous world, which we're fighting for the unborn, if there's anything that's perfect or good and beautiful and true and, and virtuous, it's that. They would have a very clear plan in mind. Did we get that plan after Roe? No. The dog caught the car and didn't know what to do with it. Now we're going for some sort of 15-week abortion ban nationally. As you said, in the case you just laid out, if we don't have some wins at the state level in places like Ohio, it's going to be hard to convince people in, in the Senate. If we ever get control, we, them, Republicans, get control of the Senate, it's going to be very hard to get, get them to go on board with that. My fear here is that because we caught the car and didn't know what to do with it, even if there was legislation introduced nationally, even if we did get some wins at the state level, I am not convinced that there's not a faction of these national organizations that would, let's just say, be relieved if legislation like this goes down. Because again, they have to continue to justify their own existence. So I don't know where that goes. Where it goes it is a place where we just kind of have this inertia, just, just kind of coasting here. That's not, that's not a good, that's, that's, that's a bad thing. That's a very, very bad thing. Ultimately, these organizations have to find a way to keep sustaining themselves, which means if we want any wins at all, whether it's the, at the state level or anywhere else, we have to do it ourselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is almost all the more stark now that we've seen Moms for Liberty, now that we've seen Riley Gaines. That's, they're not the same. There's real energy and passion and getting things done. Great yeah. point. Not done there. Great yep. point. That's a great point. Fake news or not is next. All right, back here on the Steve Day Show. Don't forget about our friends over at Eden Pure. Their thunderstorm air purifiers have gotten rave reviews from many in our audience because they don't freshen the air, they cleanse it. That's why it's an air purifier. It gets rid of strong odors, everything from cooking, litter boxes, trash cans, uh, cigarette smoke, sweaty teenagers, doing summer conditioning for football and more. All right. Uh, they start working within seconds to clear the room of odors, and there's no costly filters ever to replace out of pocket or out of time. Uh, these have gotten rave reviews, thousands of five-star reviews online. They've sold over 350,000 units thus far. And now you can get the three-pack for whole home protection for less than $200 plus free shipping. So three units for less than 200 bucks plus free shipping when you go to EdenPureDeals.com slash Steve. That's EdenPureDeals.com slash Steve. Once again, EdenPureDeals.com slash Steve. Before we get to fake news or not, Aaron, I want to go back to what you were saying a minute ago about what's happened to the pro-life movement post-Roe. Um, these are the words of our Lord, Matthew 12, 
verses 43 through 45. When a defiling evil spirit is expelled from someone, it drifts along through the desert looking for an oasis. Some unsuspecting soul, it can bedevil. Then it says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when it comes, it finds the house empty, swept and put in order. Then it goes and brings with it seven other spirits, more evil than itself. And they enter and dwell there. And the last state of that person is worse than the first. So also will it be with this evil generation. Now, obviously, this is a much broader context than the one important but myopic issue we're talking about. But that's essentially what you were quantifying in a political yeah. construct is that we got rid of Roe, we, we swept the place up, everything's a tidy, good and in order. And, and the other side has returned sevenfold. Okay, fine. We're going to go from killing the babies whenever we want to um, gender. We, we get to kill them and gender mutilate the ones you, you let live on top of it together. We came back even worse than we were before. Yeah, yeah. And with, with, no, with no incentive from some of these organizations, which we have donated to for decades and a generation, with no incentive to put once and for all an end to what you're talking about, I'm just, I am, I am concerned, yes, that you're opening up the door to sevenfold more evil as long as people like us out here in the cheap seats don't, you know, stand up on our own because that's what it's going to take. They're showing you that's what it's going to take. I think it was a pro-life uh, measure in Kansas was defeated rather easily, I think, last year, maybe the year before that. You got to wake up. This battle didn't just end with Roe v. Wade. It began. Yeah. But they're cipher. Ignorance is bliss. They want to stay that way. And you just made the exact explicit point that Jonathan Kahn made in The Return of the Gods. He laid out exactly what you said. This is the axiom that you have have spoken about. Um, And it's been a tagline on your show as long as I can remember. Not looking to win the argument. We're looking to fight one. Well, or start one. Well, we started one. Mm Mm-hmm. When does life, that's essentially what the overturning of Roe v. Wade uh, accomplished. When does life begin? Well, we started the argument. That's just the start. Just think, I, I just want to go back to what I said because it's all, I, it's, look at what we, I've seen it with my own eyes. People were, ch- have been changed in how they argue or just simply decided regarding girls' sports, uh, the tranny stuff. Here in our own legislature, people were standing and delivering like they suddenly they met a founding father or something like that. They made the main thing the main thing. Like I can answer your question. We never argued. I never argued the life issue like that. Even winning Roe, we never did because the grift came first and then the talking points. Yeah. In the issues you're talking about, the talking points came first before the grift. That's why. That's why. All right, let's get to fake news or not. Brought to you by Jace Medical. Remember, the Jace case came in last year in response to the banning of venerable medications like hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin that were suddenly now dangerous despite winning Nobel Prizes. 
They wanted to make sure that yeah, the next round of antibiotics we might need, medications we might need, the amoxicillins, the doxycyclines, that they would not also maybe get banned in a day that we might need them the most. So they gave, the, gave you the Jace case to have a backup of those venerable medications. Well, now they want to make sure you've got a backup of your medications. All right. Get a 12-month backup of your existing medications, everything from heart disease to cholesterol, diabetes, mental health, and more. When you go to jacemedical.com, get that peace of mind at jacemedical.com, J-A-S-E, J-A-S-E, jacemedical.com, and enter the code DACE at checkout for a discount. jacemedical.com, discount code DACE at checkout for the discount at jacemedical.com. For the first time ever, we have outsourced this segment of fake news or not the pressure is on my firstborn good to see you anastasia how are you princess good how are you doing dad um (laughs) i'm so nervous i'm gonna know in about 10 minutes (laughs) i texted you i was like i'm so nervous i didn't know what to do and i was like panicking i was like searching for everything on the internet i was like i don't know what to do i'm panicking all right you've got this you've got this and if you don't hey We'll come up with something else to talk about for the next 10 minutes. Right? I know. That's what I'm afraid of because it'll be obvious. And it'll you guys be you. Be easy. We'll be talking yeah. about you. Did you guys just show she failed right there? <laughs> hey, I'm gonna, I don't, I don't want to put pressure on you, but we had Ali Stuckey's dad on this show earlier. All right. Oh, God. Talking about the last time he had to punish his daughter. She was seven years old. That's how much of a saint that woman is. All right. So I'm expecting the standard is raised for my own kids. So the floor is yours. All right. What are we talking about? <laughs> So actually speaking of children, um, so I'm sure you guys will remember Chelsea Handler kind of started this trend basically of discussing how much her life is better, that she doesn't have kids, how much more freedom she has, etc. And it kind of started this like trend on TikTok basically where it's like childless women are like living a child free life. Mm-hmm. So I brought a couple like short TikTok videos to show you kind of of women talking about that. So And so is the fake news, are we buying that they're fulfilled, that they really want yeah, this life? Yeah, so basically, like, it's fake news or not. Essentially, do you really believe that with, not all women, but some women and these women, like, there's, like, 30-minute compilations out there of women yeah, these, talking These about videos this. are all over Twitter now as well. Every day, I, I wake up to another one of these every single day. So it's basically, like, do you buy that these women, yes, like you were saying, actually feel fulfilled and feel happy, like their life continues to still have purpose, even okay. though they don't have kids. Right. So I've got a couple of video, short videos that I sent Aaron to show you guys. All right, clip number one. I want to know what are your top three reasons for remaining child-free? I'll give you mine. Just give me a second here. Okay, just give me a second here. All right, number one, there would always be a kid around. Number two, climate change might make the world uninhabitable and dangerous by the time they reach adulthood. Number three, I like sleep. And here are my reasons to have a child. Um, so I think I made the right decision. Yeah. All right, what do you guys think? Fake news or not? think that she is a true believer that she's made the right lifestyle choices or is this copium what do you think todd well it's copium you do yes absolutely why well it's it's not just on this particular issue but this kind of woman will get on and do this kind of video about all manner of other things which uh, the pinnacle of this is not having a, a, a child, but it's all related to the modern idolatry that is narcissism. 
that unlike where Plato uh, through Socrates, his master said, you know, if you have any idea worth having, you need to, you know, put it down before the public discussion, weigh it, measure it, know what you don't know. Think, uh, none of that has anything to do with what we just saw. Okay. I feel it. Therefore, I am. It is the it is self-evident, therefore, and it is the most powerful thing that I know. Children not having ch children is just one of the she's in love with herself. She is her God. Aaron. So it's fake news. She's she's not fulfilled. And as difficult as it is with these videos, and I'm sure they are designed in, in some part, maybe a large part to evoke a reaction of scorn which maybe is deserved, I try my best to reserve that scorn because whether or not they will admit it, whether or not they will even admit it internally to themselves and not publicly, these women are, are unfulfilled. And with the caveat, of course, being that, well, they're not, not exactly a glut of great partners around, but there's not no partners. I don't believe that. These, these women are yes coping they're also grieving they're grieving this is this is the way society has told them to grieve though there's no way there's no way that she actually feels fulfilled now that's not to say though if you're single you're just automatically unfulfilled but there's a difference between enjoying singleness while trying to find a partner and enjoying some of the benefits the perceived benefits of singleness while trying to find a partner and saying that only singleness is good for me. That is, that gets into the territory of what Todd was just talking about. And I just, I, I grieve for these women that put these, these videos out. There was one that Matt Walsh went after uh, a couple of weeks ago saying, you know, I can cook whatever food I want. I can go to whether, whatever concert I want. I can go to, you know, I can sleep as long as I want. I can do anything. Yeah, you can, you can do all of that stuff when you're single. You can cook whatever food you want whenever you want when you're single. You never get the enjoyment of watching your toddler try food for the first time. You never get the memories of making Christmas candy with your partner for the first time. So no, it's, it's a great deal of copium. And yeah, Maybe there's some scorn that is deserved for these women. I reserve that, and I, I just, I have sympathy. I have sympathy for them. Because whether or not they will internalize, internally admit this or externally admit this, they are grieving. Okay. I want to, there's two of them, right? Yes. I want to see the second one before I respond. And before playing the second one, I'll preface this by saying that, so, uh, so kind of the two like counteracting trends going on right now is the women that are basically just like, here's my list of a hundred reasons why I don't want to have kids and I don't want to have kids period and blah, blah, blah. And then the second video you're about to watch, surprisingly, I actually saw a really decent handful of these as I was watching compilations. So I wanted to give that preface before we played the second one. All right, here's number two. Don't believe it, just watch. Oh, is it too late now to sing? I need a one dance. And then we start to dance, and now I'm singing like, oh, I want something just like that. I'll be over and but I'll feel it still. But I always thought I'd feel it Duh. I want you to be happier. Because... 
So if you're listening at home, it was her getting excited and getting ready to get her tubes removed. Sterilize herself, basically. And yeah. it was it was medically like unnecessary. Like mm-hmm. it was not for any medical reason or any like complications or anything like that other than the fact that she just wanted to make sure there was absolutely never a chance that she would be able to have kids and i did see a handful of these so it's not just kind of like a one in a bunch all right i just want to know you guys have the same answers about this video you did before i answer real quick you guys have this you had before pretty much yeah okay i am actually going to say for all the reasons you laid out todd that these are true news and not fake and the last sentence that you just said is why. Their God is themselves. It, it, it's Romans 1. The, the, these are people who desire um, to create new ways to do evil and to encourage others to do the same. This is the stuff of being given over. This is the this is, I am proud to reject my primary purpose and function for why I was made as a woman. This is the female version of incels. Guys on the internet. I'm asexual on purpose. I am, I am, I am proud to be an ingrate. I am proud to not engage in any of these things i i and and the reason you're like and you are sincerely proud and the reason why is because you have been that's romans one you have been given over to your own depraved mind that you no longer keep these kinds of thoughts to yourself or to people that you maybe share these kinds of aberrant views with but you are eager to proclaim them you're you're running for state legislature at the same time you're taking tips for for uh, from uh, from from guys giving you money to watch you have anal sex with your husband and you didn't do this like a few years ago it's while you're campaigning you're doing it like you launched a campaign for public office at the same time you and your husband are showing your faces on the internet having sex with each other for money. I'm I'm eager. Yes. I'm eager you, to display my depravity. That's Romans one. I think Aaron and I agree with you, but you've upped the stakes there. You've upped the stakes. We're talking in and of itself. I'm not. I don't. I think. Th- them not having children, they're not truly happy about it. If they were, they wouldn't be out there yelling Correct. at everybody mm-hmm. about it which is, means they have there is an something, alternative there's alter- something pricking them. Yeah, there's some other motive and yeah. it's what you're talking about so i think we actually are all in agreement i just think they're not really just happy being childless and because if they if it was genuine happiness genuine they'd just be like i did this for myself you could do your own thing to be ha-. no they've got to spam you with it because it's about what you're saying but they're not I don't. I just don't think they're happy on their own with the childlessness. There's, Aaron, some, go ahead. there's something I wanted to say um, that is tangential to this conversation, but I think is really important to say. In the first video, there was something about global warming and not wanting mm-hmm. to have kids because I've been seeing, and it's mostly from Anon, but commenting on right-wing stuff. There's a right-wing version of this as well. Joe Biden's America is so terrible. We're going down the tubes. All of this is, you know, all list all the maladies. Why would you want to? I can't imagine ha- wanting to have kids. Good luck to you. In fact, I thought even I think I, I made I may I think I saw even uh, Anna when you announced uh, uh, your little girl. I, I saw something kind of along those lines as well from from somebody commenting on one of your photos. Maybe not that um, not that explicit, but. Okay, don't don't fall for that as well. 
No, uh, we may be in. We may be headed for Babylon. Keep having. Keep having kids, though. This turned out to be a good conversation, sweetheart. I good. You that's did good. good. You did okay, a good job. Good. Yeah. All right. I feel like if it Walk was bad, out of here you'd, with your held, held, you'd tell head me held so. high. Daddy's proud. That went Thank well. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, because we we would probably, as just three guys, not have discussed this on our own. And you I know? thought it was something that like maybe you guys wouldn't have brought up, but something that yeah. kind of like pertained to me and yeah. everything. So I thought might be good well done thank you i appreciate it good conversation all right we're gonna stick around and uh, record the overtime for blaze tv subscribers for the rest of you we will see you tomorrow until then john 317 this is steve dace on the blaze radio network